Well, here we are. Only this time, I am not alone. I've got a guest and I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let's get started. Hey everybody, Deb here for a casual conversation on the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I can't even tell you the joy that I have to introduce you to my guest today, the one and only Nanette Friedman, who is the founder and principal of Friedman Strategies. Also, I have to be honest, you'll hear it in a moment, a dynamic speaker and author. Hey, Nanette. Hey, Deb, thank you so much for having me on this. I think what you're doing is amazing and I'm just so glad to be part of it. So thank you. You are welcome. I want to tell my listeners why I wanted you as a guest, if you don't mind. Please. I'm going to ask you to share a bit about you and your, your business. So this is an interesting conversation, everybody, because I have known Nanette since, and I'm not going to say for how many years. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy, <laughs> but I want to say we've known each other since we were 10. Does that sound right? Maybe even longer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Nanette and I went to summer camp together, which means we basically got to live together and experience some amazing things, memories, um, the joy of childhood back in the day for days and nights um, in a beautiful town in New Hampshire on Sunset Lake. And so when paths cross in adulthood and you're like, I went to camp with you. We have some amazing memories, memories that you don't have with adult friends that you've maybe met through your children, but something super special about Nanette. And I just want to share this little bit, little tidbit with everybody. And I just shared it with Nanette before we went live, but Nanette was someone who you always wanted on your team. Like you wanted her in your court because she was someone who supported you no matter what you were doing. So if we were kayaking or if we were playing volleyball, she was the epitome of a team player. And isn't it ironic, Nanette, with what you do now and how you jump on board and you support people and their teams? I just think it's so amazing how that evolves. It, you know, when you frame it like that, I have chills thinking about, you know, all the time I could have spent and saved if I had, you know, thought about, thought about it that way and avoided <laughs> law school along the way, um, you know, and just said, what did I like about childhood? You know, what was I good at? Oh, I'll just go do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, it's really uh, a joy every single day to do the work that I do. And in large part, I do think it's because it's what I'm naturally inclined to do. Yeah. And so there's a real authenticity um, and a real uh, pleasure that comes with the work and with helping individuals in a, my coaching practice uh, and in working with teams, whether it's helping them raise money for great causes or helping them put their board of directors together or working as a staff um, or with volunteers. Those are all team endeavors. So yeah. it, it's very, it's, it's great. How, I love how you framed it. I hadn't really thought about it, but it's, it's really true. And I guess we are the same people uh, when we're 40 something that we, that we were when we were 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. I, and I do want you to go a little deeper into your business in a minute, but that's what I was like getting excited to talk with you and actually like thinking about where our conversation was going to go. That's what kept coming back for me was 
your ability to, well, first of all, the presence that you have when you walk into a room, you're one of those magnets that people just want to get next to and be near. And so I think that actually helps too. Just even seeing you live today, I'm like, yeah, I remember what it felt like to be around her back then. I can't imagine with all of your experience what it's like to be around you in person now. So will you share with us a little deeper about Friedman's strategies and what you bring to the world? Sure. No, thank you. It's so kind. Um, yeah, so I founded Friedman Strategies in 2006 because I realized that while I'd had all these phenomenal experiences up until that point, professionally, um, as a lawyer, uh, as a grassroots organizer, as you know, a fundraiser, and in a lot of volunteer capacities, that I hadn't really you know, exactly landed on what I wanted to do with my life. And what I realized my gift really was, was doing this coaching and this strategy and this team building and alignment for mm -hmm. organizations um, that are values driven or mission driven. Um, so I do a lot of different things. The, the main areas that I work in are strategic planning, governance, uh, a fundraising or financial resource development, and executive coaching. Mm -hmm. um, but within those, I do a lot of strategy work, training, uh, speaking, um, and, and really try to both be there with the organization uh, at the beginning, and mm -hmm. then sometimes we'll do uh, a project together and I'll go away, or I'll stay in a coaching relationship, or I'll come in to do a retreat or something, and then they'll call me back to do the next piece of work that they're ready to do, whether it's a campaign or strategic plan, or you know, a governance review. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've enjoyed really long relationships with clients, and at the same time, have got to have lots of different clients because sometimes it's just come in and do our retreat or come in and speak at a conference or come in and speak at um, our organization's annual meeting. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's stay with us in and out as we, as we uh, go on our trajectory. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. I, I found my calling. I found my tribe. Yep. And uh, I look forward to every day. You know, I, I really feel badly for people that don't love their work because I know you love your work and I know you help people love their business, their biz. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, every single day, I'm just so grateful to work with the amazing uh, professionals and staff that I do. And I just cannot wait to turn on my computer every day. Ah, me too. I love <laughs> between when I like when my alarm goes off, if I, if I even have to get that alarm to go off, but in the morning, like I can smell the coffee and I know like the coffee brings me down to that spot where I feel most comfortable. And that's oftentimes in front of my laptop. So um, I know we are, it is such a gift when you love what you do. And I, that's exactly right. My business is built on the premise that, you know, you can love your biz. You do deserve to love your biz. So I hope people are hearing the energy and passion in your, in your voice. And I know it wasn't always super easy. Like you didn't have all of these things land in front of your lap. You had to build relationships, right? Totally. And that's really, I mean, you know, I think the nature of any uh, small business um, is all relationships because obviously I didn't start with a marketing budget, right? right. Um, what I started with was uh, some experience and a lot of hard work and the, the willingness to kind of reach out to connections that I did have. Um, yep. I actually started with an AOL account 
uh, <laughs> and quickly had to uh, move. I remember moving to my Yahoo account and then moving to my Comcast account and yep. then moving to Gmail. So it was, you know, it wasn't the early days, but it was early. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really leveraging the relationships that I had uh, and meeting new people and strengthening those relationships and growing them and nurturing them. I mean, that's the yeah. whole business. So tell me a little bit about how you could nurture or were in really building on and strengthening those relationships with the online platform. So what did you use to network and to nurture those relationships online? Yeah, so I was an early, um, you know, an early LinkedIner and an early Facebooker, and I really loved those platforms early on. Mm -hmm. I had um, had a lot of friends all over the place, and I was a young mom with uh, two kids and trying to, you know, get my business going, so I didn't have a lot of time to talk on the phone. So mm -hmm. online became like a real efficient way for me to have a lot, manage a lot of relationships and be in touch yeah. with a lot of people. So mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, my own website, uh, and I had a blog um, pretty early on. I yeah. like to write, I like to um, be able to take experiences I have uh, with a client or several clients or things that are going on in the news or things that I, I can tell are trends. And I mm -hmm. like to be able to kind of share the learning with mm -hmm. a broader audience because mm -hmm. I find that it's a conversation starter for people. Yeah. And, um, you know, so the blog for me was a really important way for thought leadership to come um, yep. and, to, and to establish myself that way. Um, and then, of course, when I wrote my book, you know, I really used you know, the, to push it out, you know, all of the different platforms, whether it's MailChimp, you know, and having a newsletter, the blog, you know, some paid advertising, although I didn't do much of it because um, I didn't really know at the time what I was doing um, <laughs> uh, and pushing out kind of, you know, launch, launch type announcements and whatnot. Yeah. Did you use um, the online world like LinkedIn and Facebook and email marketing to get in front of audiences how did you get how did you get in speaking engagements and how did you get in front of people so that you could get your book in front of more people Tell us yeah yeah no it's a great question so i for a while only had my personal account nanette friedman on facebook and yeah. then what i realized was i was traveling all around the country working with clients speaking at conferences doing retreats you know um, advisory roles and people would then friend me and I was yeah. like I don't think you really want to be a friend and see my daughter's piano recital I think you're looking for my business which I didn't have an account for so I quickly yeah. uh, made a separate Friedman strategies Facebook yeah. page so that was one way that, that I kept in touch and I and I try to make it a combination on my Freeman strategies Facebook page of real content so yeah things I write, articles I read that I think are interesting, inspiring quotes that I find, um, good news about clients, uh, good news about, you know, alumni clients and, you know, upcoming kind of events or what or offers or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been a primary way. LinkedIn as well, you know, definitely the way like I get a business card, I connect on LinkedIn with someone, I send them a note. And then if I'm going to be in a city and they're open, uh, speaking engagements, or I'm going to be in a city and there's an opportunity, like I have, you know, some free time that I could work with a different client, like I'll post that on yeah. LinkedIn um, or Facebook. So I've definitely used those 
to um, nurture relationships. And the truth is that I use, just like you do, like I use Zoom a ton. So yeah. while Zoom isn't technically, you know, a marketing tool, it is an essential tool, like yes. in my business. Like we use yeah. this verb, I'll Zoom you. Yeah, yep, I totally agree. Like I would say, I probably, uh, yeah, I use it so much. Like, I don't know what I would do without it. And it's right. a game changer for growth too. And for, you know, sometimes we, we get lazy in, in our messaging, right? And we're just like so quick when you text or message or email even, or even messenger, getting face-to-face -face on someone with someone on Zoom is powerful. You can like basically rule the world, change things, the way totally. things, right? Just by use, by having that face-to-face -face connection. I love that you bring this up because, you know, you talk about all these different techniques that you've used over the years to grow your business, but more importantly, to build relationships. And most of the time I hear from a specific demographic, typically, that the internet is making things harder because they were used to, I mean, let me, I'll give you an example, like real estate agents, though they are the original relationship marketers. Let's be sure. They were the first ones to put their faces on business cards, their faces on the side of a bus, their faces on the grocery carts and at the park benches. But now they've got the internet where you and I see, and many people see it as tremendous opportunity to reach even more of our dream clients someone like a real estate agent or maybe even a nonprofit, which is where I'm heading, maybe a nonprofit would see it as a barrier because they were used to connecting with so many of their people in person. And now people are relying on their PCs, their Macs, their smartphones to get information. And these organizations aren't used to or aren't familiar with how to get their information to their audience because now there's an internet quote unquote, in between them, as opposed to come to my office or come to my event and hear what I have to say. And here's what I can offer you. How do you support and guide people in, in the nonprofit or private sector uh, world who are feeling like the internet is harder for them to connect with their audience? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the type of thing where you have to view it as a tool. Yeah. Right. And there is no substitute from sitting across someone and having a delicious meal exactly. and, you know, being able to do that. That's true. Um, but once you've done that, continuing relationships, deepening relationships, working on projects together, yeah. those things can absolutely be done virtually, whether it's Google, Google Hangout or whether it's Facebook, you know, chat or whatever, whether it's Zoom, you know, before Zoom, I used WebEx. Some people are, you know, using Skype, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, to do that. I mean, for my clients though, look, for my nonprofit clients, which the vast majority of my clients are, although I do work with any values-driven organization that defines themselves that way, yeah. um, they, they don't have huge marketing budgets. So for yes. them, this has really been um, an amazing opportunity yep. to level the playing field. And uh, there's a couple ways that that's really been uh, very important. One is that they're able to, if they have a well-maintained website, they can reach way more people than they could ever afford to mail to. So Correct. 
with a good newsletter and a good website, they have bigger, broader reach. So that's one. Two, yeah. you know, nonprofit fundraising is really about storytelling. Mm -hmm. And there's no substitute for hearing a story first person, but it's a pretty good follow-up to see a video a well-made yep. video or a video on your phone uh, and hear about how an organization is impacting someone and making a difference. And, um, you know, of course, the inference is your gift is making that difference. Yes. So I think storytelling, when you can both in writing and in pictures and in video, use the internet to push those out, um, that's amazing. Um, and the third thing is really as a tool for fundraising, because if you think about crowd fundraising, if you think about, you know, if someone's having a birthday, I, I mean, I know everyone's on Facebook now, you know, people are like, fund my birthday and honor my birthday, make a donation here. Uh, yeah platforms uh, that different clients are trying to harness the power of bringing people to be ambassadors for you virtually to raise funds that they wouldn't be comfortable doing in real life. Right. So I think, you know, for my clients, it's, you know, it's only good. The challenges, it's really hard um, to get meetings today with people yeah. and to really deepen those relationships you do have to have some face time and so not everything is appropriate for an email or a facebook message there are those yeah. conversations that you really want to have um but you know I, it, it's definitely it's definitely still a net a plus yeah, I definitely think that what you just said, those three areas are gold and it doesn't just have to be for nonprofit because there are small business folks that I work with that don't have a marketing budget because they don't even know what to invest in. And, yeah. you know, until you see the value and until you experience the benefit of it and see that it's truly an opportunity, it's hard to wrap yourself, especially if you don't have, if you have a shoestring budget and you're just getting started, you're putting your monies into, you know, uh, protecting yourself and your website and you're not necessarily putting it into Facebook ads and email marketing, but there are, there are so many different tools that are low budget or even no budget. I mean, MailChimp's free pretty much for anybody that just wants to send emails out to, I think up to a thousand, I think it's, a, maybe it's 250 now, but regardless, it's, it's certainly free for, for you if you want to get started with growing your business. So there are definitely ways and tactics for people to do it that have a small budget. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And you also brought up video, which I love because I have a partner who does uh, smartphone video training, teaches nonprofits and for-profits how to pull that camera right out of your back pocket and start telling your story. Cause yes, powerful it is. And it's easy. And Actually, your your video on your website on your homepage is awesome, and I know that's professionally done, but it shares the most beautiful story about how you work with your dream clients, and it's just something so simple that if you visually, if you prefer to learn visually and see someone and hear them video is really a great way to get your message and your story across. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, the good news, bad news is, is that there's so much information that it's hard to compete and expect that people are going to read what you either mail them, give them, yeah. or, you know, send them. So right. video, you know, if you look at 
um, what what trends and you know I, I have an 11 year old so I can tell you in the younger sect for sure but um, my 11 and my 15 year old you know they spend lots of their time watching YouTube videos yeah um, I'm not proud to tell you that some of that used to be watching slime videos but that seems to have, that seems <laughs> same, to pass same in my house same okay. in my house. okay yeah. it's good it's good I'm glad yeah. we're not alone um, but watching a video is something that if the video in the organization already ha is connected to someone or they want to learn more they're more likely to watch it because it's less effort in many ways and more entertaining right so for a lot of reasons and it stands out among all the words that people are having uh you know being yeah your audience is busy i mean yeah, your audience is busy it doesn't matter if you are profit for profit non-profit doesn't matter that's right it doesn't matter. Your audience is busy. They have their own lives and they will only see your message when they need to hear it most. So give it to them, deliver it to them the easiest way you can. And, and video is definitely one of the ways to do that. But with that said, I know that Nanette or, and your clients don't just have one tactic. You have multiple ways to get your story out there. That's part of the strategy, right? Is to have all these pieces together. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that create that. Tell me, like what marketing strategy or, um, you know, what, what's been like your, your proudest moment? Maybe, I don't know if you even want to share a story about a client. I'm not sure, but share with us like what a success story from Friedman Strategies and tell us about that. Sure. So I think for a lot of my clients, there's a resistance to getting um, on social media because they perceive it as being, a, you know, something else they have to do and yeah. it, instead of it making it work for them you know how they feel like it's another job and so the big thing that i work with clients and trying to help them see is one you're not going to go on every social media channel right. um so being really selective in which channels we're going to focus on based on who you're trying to reach right so yep. you're trying to reach a younger younger demographic um you know we might go after instagram if you're looking for um, you know Gen Xers or boomers we will put you on Facebook if you're something that's looking for more policy news oriented folks we'll put you on Twitter um, you know it depends which one we recommend that you um, focus on and then one of the things that I do is I I'm a big believer in alignment so I'll sit with people and look at their strategic priorities um, whether it's fundraising or program goals or whatever their goals are and mm -hmm. then how do we need to message that and then we'll make a calendar because I really believe what gets scheduled gets done yes um, Yes. Yeah. So I spend, you know, in terms of marketing, I spend a lot of time helping people put together that overall strategy and then lining them up and then mm -hmm. putting, drilling down to the level of saying, okay, let's put together, you know, what is the social, you know, what's the mailing, um, you know, are, what are we going to spend? How much budget do we have? How are we going to spend that in supporting these goals? And so I'm involved with that, you know, often with clients um you know the truth of the matter is is that i've had so many different clients find the right person um and they've been really lucky who then can take that and run with it so i don't even want to take credit for the success because i'm really the strategist not the implementer yeah and as you and i both know you can have a great strategy but if you don't implement well you know yeah. 
there's, you know, so they've been lucky uh, being able to find staff people, not always who have marketing in their title, um, right. but who are good with snapping a photo, um, showing, you know, the mission in action. They'll volunteer to do the Facebook feed or to do the um, Instagram feed or, you know, with in, or and in conjunction with someone who's really using the schedule. And I tell people, you know, you should use your own organizational schedule. You should use the holiday schedule, you should use the school school calendar, you should use everything at your disposal to really have content, uh, yeah. including, you know, I, I'm a big believer in collaboration. Um, you know, other organizations that you collaborate with currently have in the past or want to, you should be mm -hmm. cross-sharing their content. So, mm -hmm. you know, I help them brainstorm lots of different ways um, to get organized, they find the people and then we, um, you know, make sure that they have enough juicy content um, to make their feeds relevant. So people want to follow them. Yeah. You're like music to my ears, Nanette. Music to my ears. Oh, it's we speak the same language, Dad. I know. It's language. funny too because, um, you know, you're involved in a lot of different processes for them that might even be, well, that is beyond marketing, but you have such a good, like, concept you you conceptualize how easy it, it can be and i also hear people say clients say um it's just one more thing and i know because in, in my practice it's it falls to the marketing falls to the bottom of the list every single time for business owners because they wear so many hats and i want people to literally love telling their story yeah love sharing their successes and celebrate the wins, but also talk about the struggles and the hard times, but share the stories of their, of their clients and of their customers. Because when it's less about sales and more about storytelling, that's when you build an audience and a following and those brand advocates that want more and more of what you have to offer. People. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, there's just this, mindset that marketing is buy my things, buy my things. Now, yes, you need to have a sales strategy within your messaging, but it doesn't ever have to say buy my things. Like, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I felt most comfortable with the blog at the beginning yeah. as my kind of marketing effort, if you will, yeah. uh, because as I saw clients struggling with challenges or you know, having successes that I wanted other people to replicate um, or you know, looked at trends that I was seeing, I thought, well, this is a way for me to get my name out there without marketing, really, right? Yes, like, right. I'm giving something yes. as opposed to I'm saying buy my product. And yes, yes. what I did after that, um, someone actually sent my blog to an online um, journal or professional blog. And then they were in touch and they said, oh, if you ever want to submit something. So I, from my blog, I got picked up and like, I'll still submit things to them um, on a semi-regular basis. And so that, you know, led to an even broader audience. Yeah. So then I was reaching the people that followed my blog and then I was sending, uh, you know, certain articles and blogs up to this um, um, 
it's called eJewish Philanthropy. They're mm -hmm. uh, one of the top blogs for nonprofits. But, and then, you know, someone else would call and say, oh, we saw that you're doing some writing. We like your style. Would you like to submit something? So, yes. like the, you know, the after school um, blogs picked up an article. The, um, you know, the Massachusetts nonprofit picked up an article. So by writing, that yep. was a way for me to kind of get both my substantive ideas out and reach yep. more people. Um, yeah. And, and have conversation, by the way, because yeah. people write to me and say, I want to talk about this point you made, which is so right. fabulous. Right, right. And um, that just goes to show you that when you show up, you share your gifts with the people who need them most. And that's really what we want our, our clients to hear, what I want my audience to hear and re be reminded that no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you have a gift that you have to share. It's selfish if you keep it inside. Because if Nanette didn't write the blog in order to get her message out to the world, people would be missing her words and what she brings to the table. And so don't think that your message and your voice isn't important enough. Find how you feel most comfortable sharing it, whether it's video or podcast or an email campaign or social posts. I mean, it's funny when you look at, at Facebook, for example, my clients who are so afraid to market their business on their business page have no problem talking about everything and anything on their personal profile. Yeah, right. It's so true. And look, I mean, the bleeding of the personal and the professional is happening, right? Yeah. It's hard to keep those lines. I mean, I'll tell you a quick funny story, which is on my personal Facebook page, my name is Nanette. You can imagine that people don't spell that correctly um, often. So yeah. every morning I go to Starbucks, most mornings I go to Starbucks, and most mornings my cup does not come back the way my name is supposed to be spelled. So right. I started taking pictures of it. And then, you know, Nanette, Ninat, Anina, Anat, Netty, <laughs> you know, like it's funny. And so people all over, you know, I have a, a pretty decent sized Facebook following will say to me, oh, that's so funny. I follow your Starbucks, Starbucks, you know, saga. Uh -huh. um, and, and so sometimes like we'll go a couple weeks and they'll they will spell my name correctly so I won't post anything. And then I'll see people and they'll be like, how come you're not doing that, that anymore? <laughs> um, and I'm like, I can't believe anyone's paying attention to that. But to your point, like people do share silly things like that and have, yep. don't think twice about it and do it nope. religiously. I mean, I'm yep. sharing that on a religious way. That same effort can go to your business. It, you know what? Half of that effort could go to your business. Yeah. <laughs> no, honest to God, because I, I, I live it, but it's funny. I'm because it's my business. I am more strategic over on my business side and don't post as much on the personal, but what I'll do, and this is actually a great tip for those people that like want to get their business in front of their sphere, like your circle of influence, your sphere of influence is put something really amazing on your business page and then share it over to your personal and remind your personal people on your personal profile that you are in business and that you have something that you yeah. know about. It's an unbelievable little tactic that works every single time. People who don't want to like my Facebook page end up coming over and liking it going, oh my God, she's got something that I, that I need. Or I know someone who needs what she brings to the table. And I will tell you, yeah. you just mentioned about the blog getting picked up because you showed up and you were writing. Um, I don't have a huge following on Instagram, but I love Instagram and Instagram stories. Like my dream client isn't probably on there like hundred percent of the time, but 
just two days ago, I got a direct message on Instagram that says, I've been following you for a while and your post about blank, whatever it was, really hit a nerve. And I'd like to set up a call with you because I think I need your help. Great. And so what I'm the reason I'm sharing this is because, you know, I do definitely get clients from Facebook because that's where my audience is. And I like personally Instagram, but I only have one account. I only have my business account on Instagram, but I do personal things on the story and business on the grid, uh, on the Instagram grid. And because of the personal component and the stories that I tell, someone said, I like her. I trust her. I want to work with her. And so yes. if I'm hiding then, and I'm just sending out an email campaign once a month, no one is getting to know Deb Laflamme. And the same with Nanette. If she's not talking and speaking and showing up, um, people, people will find someone else to work with or they, don't, they won't get the help that they need because they don't know that you offer it. Yeah, it's a really, listen, I work a lot with boards of directors. Yeah. And so I will cross post to your point on my personal page if I write like a tip for a board of director member or I find an article that I think is really important, I will cross post it with a note that says, I'm cross posting this because many of you are on boards yes. or will be on boards. Yep. So you put this in your swipe file or yep. something like that. And so I think that's I've seen right. you do that. I love it. Yes, yeah, I, so I will do that. I mean, the other, the truth of the matter too is that I think that people are, you know, I have a women's networking group that I'm a member of. Mm -hmm. And one of the things in there is, you know, I say to them, I'm never bashful. So if there's something that you don't want to promote, that's going on in your business and you want me to share it in my network and then you'll say something and post it to your page or your business page, please ask me. And it happens. Like people will call me or email me and be like, remember you said, no problem. Tell me what you want me to, what's the good news you want me to share? Right. They're embarrassed about, for whatever reason, you know, they don't want to seem like they're tooting their own horn. And right. I'm really a generous tutor, both of other people's and my own horn, not because of a need to feed ego, but because I just want to help as many people who have a mission, who are doing values-based work that they're passionate about. I just want to help them with good governance, their planning, raise more money, manage their staff so they can do more good. So, yeah. I, you know, I think that I can be helpful. And so it's not about ego. It's about, you know, making myself known so we can work together. Um, but I think if you, if you have a mentor or a friend or a colleague that you can be each other's cheerleaders. And I think, you know, what this women's networking group has done is we are really that for each other. We are cheerleaders. Um, you know, you can do that for someone and someone can do that for you if that's more comfortable. Yep. That's exactly. It's, it's the support that you deserve in your business, no matter what your business is and finding, like you said earlier, you find your tribe, you know, and you find the people who, get you and have maybe been there ahead even one step ahead and can guide you to get unstuck and move forward in your business whether you are an entrepreneur or small business owner or mid-sized business doesn't matter um, it's so important to have those people all right so my friend it's been amazing talking to you but i want to ask you one last question because we could probably talk all day so fun. It's so great. It's so good. It's like we're still in 03841. <laughs> totally, totally in sync. 
<laughs> um, please share with my listeners your top piece of wisdom for someone who um, just needs to get started. What would be your top piece of wisdom or advice? I would say do what comes easiest because then you'll be more likely to do it. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's been really easy for me is I made a commitment to myself after watching a woman who has you know, been in business 10 years ahead of me, you know, um, and really expanded. She has, you know, a, a international presence and whatnot. She takes a picture everywhere she is and it can be a selfie. It can be on the podium. It can be speaking, you know, it can be whatever. And, you know, just taking a picture and doing a shout out from wherever she is, it's allowed you to see the growth and breadth of her practice. Mm. And so I made a promise to myself, like I always have my phone in my hand or nearby because I'm checking the time when I'm speaking, or I want to make sure that my kids can access me. So I knew it would be easy to make that same commitment. Like I'm going to take a picture almost everywhere I am, as long as it's appropriate, you know, um, and throw it up on my Facebook feed and, and maybe put it over on LinkedIn or maybe do something else with it. Um, and that was a, a commitment I made because I knew it would give me some content or at least a picture and yeah. it gives me like a diary looking back. Like I can look back and see, you know, all the places I've been this year or however long. And I knew I could stay faithful to it. So my advice is pick something that you can do easy, like that will come easy to you. If you're not someone that has their phone with them all the time and you're more of a writer, write, whether it's articles or blogs or whatever. Um, if you're someone who, you know, has another talent, you know, if you're artistic and yeah. you want to get some of your images or your work out there, then let your work speak for, you know, let your work be your marketing. Yeah. Um, Yes, you're right. You're like, that, that nailed it. Like you don't always have to be the center of attention, even if you are the product. Like I am my product, but if you go through all of my marketing, I am not in every single piece. It's a testimonial that someone's written. It's a success story. It's my cup of coffee because you know, I'm addicted, you know, totally. That that's really, really good advice that it doesn't always have to be about you, but share your gifts share your gifts. You know, the quote of the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. I love it. You yeah. know, and I think that is really true. And marketing is just the way that we let people know that it's available. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing, Deb, you know, in fundraising, the first thing I teach people is, you know, giving is an invitation to help people live their values. There's no shame, right? And so the first thing we have to do is kind of get over the ick factor people feel about talking about money and asking other people for money. Mm -hmm. In the same way, I feel like people feel that way about marketing, right? Yeah. Is that like, there's something about it that's icky, but, um, you kind of have to just get in the mindset that you're marketing so you can share your gifts so people who want to access it know where to find you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, speaking of where to find you, where can my listeners find you and learn more about Freeman Strategies? Sure. So they can go to www.freemanstrategies.com. Yep. Uh, they can go to Facebook and Freeman Strategies has its own Facebook page or LinkedIn, um, Nanette Friedman. Um, and my blog is now incorporated. We migrated and it doesn't have its own separate address anymore. It lives on my website. So if they want to check out the blog, they could do that there. And if they're interested, um, I wrote a book called Onboard 
what current and aspiring board members must know about nonprofits and board service. It's really a primer for people who are joining boards or people who are looking to be more involved on the boards they're on. Yeah. Um, and uh, they can buy that either through my website or on Amazon. Cool. I will link to that. All of, all of Nanette's um, URLs that she just mentioned, I will definitely throw in the show notes. From the bottom of my heart, Nanette Friedman, thank you for all that you do, for everyone that you touch and all the gifts that you give. Thank you for sharing with my audience the ways that you have marketed your biz better and great wisdom too at the end there. I have enjoyed having you. Thank you for being my guest. Oh, thank you for being my friend and for putting this on and for all the amazing work you're doing, really helping people. Um, it's, it's such a pleasure and I can't wait to see you offline at yes, some point soon. Definitely offline. We will meet and I, we will go to Starbucks and I will make sure they spell your name right. And we'll take a picture and we'll post it. Oh, yes, we will. We will. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Thanks Deb. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I absolutely love connecting you to the people who help me market my biz better. I know there are tons of podcasts that you can listen to, so I'm pretty excited that you've chosen to listen to mine. Now, I want you to hop on over to the show notes, use all those links that we dropped over there for you that we mentioned in this episode, and I will see you next time. Now go market your biz better.